Hi guys, we're back. We're back. Uh, you may have noticed we've been quiet for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we've been taking this time to listen, read, and better educate ourselves on white privilege, Black Lives Matter, and to leave the space open to hear and focus on the voices in our community that need to be heard. That's right. Um, we want to thank you all for doing your part because we know that the folks listening to this show are, and we know we can all do more, and we will. Yeah. Now it is time for the show. It's time for the show. <laughs> where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And to pay down the credit card bill after a catalog shopping binge. Okay, we're talking about that administrative job, the cog in the machine gig, the safe and secure side hustle. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are talking to an incredibly funny lady whom I... I have to admit, honestly, I have had kind of a comedy crush on for a while now. Because of the break womb? Because of the break womb. Mm -hmm. And because of her amazing Elizabeth Warren impression in her viral series, Warren Unfiltered. Well, let's not forget, she's an alum of Second City Chicago. She's been all over TV. She's the author of the blog, Catalog Living, and the book, Catalog Living, and it's most absurd. So funny. And she hired you to fix her computer. Most notably, yes. Yeah, welcome to the show, Molly Erdman. Oh, thank you, thank you. Wonderful to be here. We're really excited. Wonderful to have you. Oh, I'm excited too. Thank you for coming to our home virtually. Oh, I, it feels like I'm there. I feel the the warmth of your hardwood floors. I think uh, <laughs> under my feet. <laughs> they are as synthetic as your presence. I was oh, wonderful. <laughs> Um, here's the thing about Molly, you guys. She started her comedy in Chicago. Is that correct? That is correct. I and that was, That's amazing. So you had a bunch of like typical Chicago gigs, which I think is awesome because my corporate gig was Chicago based. Was it Chicago that you worked, um, as, uh, how do I say it right, Jason? I don't, you, I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> It's so suspenseful to find out what I did. <laughs> okay, here it is. The admin in the arts department at Columbia College. Yes. Both of you suck right now. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you're like, how can she hang yourself right now? <laughs> Working. Working yeah. when you're just trying to pursue your art. What were you doing in an admin position yeah. at a university when you needed to go on auditions? Tell me about that. So this was, um, I think I'd been in Chicago a, a little over a year. So I was young. I was like 23 or so. And I had, when I first moved to Chicago, um, I, you know, I was of the mindset of like, oh, I need to either temp or wait tables or something like that because I need to be able to go on auditions. Now, and you did both of those. I did do both of those. I, I started, um, uh, I actually started before, okay, I went to college in Boston and the summer yeah. after I graduated, uh, Tufts, Tufts, Tufts just, at, just in Medford, just outside of Boston. Um, and the summer after I graduated, I waited tables at Pizzeria Uno in Cambridge. If you've ever been to like the national chain Pizzeria Uno, 
they're different from the flagship Pizzeria Uno in Chicago. They're very, you know, like TGI Fridays-esque. They have all the pizza, but they also have burgers and salads and some like death by chocolate dessert, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I think I have been to one. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, I stand by it. Uh, I just but like I, death by pizza. Right, so yeah, death by something, right? Yeah. There's going to be death Always. by some food. I did not uh, feel good any of the times I left Pizzeria Uno, any well, of the locations. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, I had waited tables there. And so when I moved to Chicago, I was like, I'm going to just go sign up for a job <laughs> at the Pizzeria Uno there. Um, the Pizzeria Uno in Chicago, like it's the original. It's a union job. It's like people never leave there. People like people work there long enough that they're getting like paid vacation and stuff like that. Wow. But they were really nice because I had worked at a different store, as they call restaurants in the restaurant business. Uh, and yeah, yeah, you worked at the Cambridge store. Um, so they no, gave I me a, at a restaurant. <laughs> 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 they gave me a, a hosting shift, uh, which was a true nightmare. Um, it was a, a few nights a week. May, it would think it was like Friday and Saturday night or something like that. And uh, it is such a in-demand tourist location that what they do is there's this is this this restaurant is the size of of something very small. <laughs> uh, I'm terrible at analogies, but it is very small. There's like 15 tables. Everyone's just crammed in, whatever. So the, they're deep dish pizzas, and they take about 40 minutes to make. Ugh. And there was always such a wait. So what they would do, I'm at the host stand. Someone comes in and they're like, I would like to eat at your restaurant. There's no reservations or anything. So it's all walk. I'd like to eat here. And I'm like, great. It's a two and a half hour wait. Please tell us your pizza order now. And when it's getting close to time that your table is up, we're going to put in the pizza order so that basically you can sit down, immediately get your pizza and we can get you out of here. That's incredibly um, efficient for a 40 it, minute pizza. It, it is, it is. Um, and, but it was just such, it was just five hours of just constant people and people being like, what, take my pizza order, huh? Um, and uh, I, I really, I, I did it because I thought I would work up to getting like a waiting, a server job if one opened up, but I, I couldn't get enough hours and everything. And so this was one of the first jobs I ever quit and um, it was the beginning of something that, that stays with me today is that when I quit something, not only do I not want anyone to be mad at me, I want them to be happy for me. So I just made up a reason that I was leaving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I feel at, all of this. Uh-huh. At the same time, I had gotten a part-time office job Tuesdays and Thursdays for the Chicago String Ensemble. Oh, doing like yeah, it was it was like friend of a friend's mom hooked me up with this job basically, and it was it was admin stuff. Um, it was just me and the director two days a week, and then I would go do this pizzeria uno job a couple nights a week. And so to to quote unquote get out of this job instead of just being like it's terrible, I'm leaving. I was like, my part time job wants me to work full time, so I have to go. Um, let, me, let me ask you this question yeah. though. Did you ever convince yourself of the, that also? Like I would make it really yeah. happy too when I'd quit some jobs. I'd be like, no, you know, but then I sort of convinced myself that that lie was sort of true. 
Yes. It's the same thing as like, if you call in sick and then like, I'm like, wait, do I have a little tickle? Like, right. Right. Um, do I I, have to be there Monday at eight? Do I? Right. (laughs) Well, I, you know, Jamie, I like to consider it, um, acting work that I, I bought into myself in the role of someone who had, who had, uh, gotten a full-time work. This is very Meisner, right? No, yes, this, no. Is, this is still not Meisner. <laughs> Whatever, fuck it all. Um, <laughs> Meisner is the repetitious. This is also method. Oh, method. All right, I knew it started it. with an M. It's really yeah. late. It it's, is. I mean, we're all parents. Nine o'clock is like to keep your brain moving when you've been up with a child since 6 a.m. Who is like, you're like, you're mush. You're mush. They never stop talking. They never stop talking. Never stop talking. That's why we let him indulge with the whole like playing with his penis thing. Um, oh yeah, I, I get just, it. You just done it. <laughs> um, I, I really appreciated your serial post. Oh my god, I do sound like a stalker of Molly Erdman. I sort of am. I really appreciated your serial post, and you're like, don't judge. So it sorry. is serial. She's reading the serial box because um, Jason went and got him Lunchables. Oh yeah. Because yeah. you know what? We're in a pandemic. The kid I wants know. a Lunchable. It's a treat. He's going to have a Lunchable. I, we have more. We've done a pretty good job of eating fairly okay, but we have more junk food in our house than we've ever had. Oh, oh Sam. Yeah. And I'm and very fine. upset about it. At the same time, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Jason told me right before this, he said, um, I said, I'm, I'm not comfortable with the amount of sugar I'm consuming. And he said, listen, I'm treating it like medicine. It's keeping yep. me up here, and I'm yeah. not going to complain. <laughs> You're going to need it just to just to just to get to normal. Just to level soon. out. Just <laughs> to level yeah. out. Oh God, what's happening? Okay. Uh, oh, but okay. You asked me how I ended up working at Columbia, so yes. I will I will uh, fast track this, as 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 they say in the office biz. Yeah. Um, uh, so I ended up. I, I waited tables at one other place. Uh, after that, it didn't go well. Um, and so then I signed up with a temp agency and uh, had a series of like fine jobs and uh, that were, for the most part, would be like longer term, like for a few weeks. And one of the places I temped was Columbia College in Chicago, which is a um, like arts and communication school. Uh, I, I have since met a ton of people who've gone through like their theater program or their film program. Now they have a comedy studies program, which like would awesome. have been amazing when I was in college. Um, it's it's super cool. But it and it, at the time it was like a commuter school. They didn't have any dorms or anything. Since then they they have some. It's in the South Loop of Chicago, but it's very like urban. It's right in the middle of the city near um, Millennium Park, Grant Park, all that. Um, I temped there for a couple weeks and I loved it. Like it just had this vibe that was like, kind of like we're a college, but we're still figuring some stuff out, you know, like Love that. It, it, was a, it was a college run by artists um, because that was part of their whole thing. It's like, even like the admissions counselors have like artistic backgrounds and, and, or are practicing artists in some realm or, or whatever. Um, I don't know if you know uh, Celeste Pekosh. Yeah. Uh, Celeste's at I her met, wedding. Yeah. Oh, I met her. We both worked at Columbia. She That's was so an admissions funny. counselor. We got hired around the same time. We met at a new staff luncheon that they had. And she was sitting across from me and she's like, do you do stuff at IO? And, and the rest is history. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I had temped there for a couple of weeks. 
And then I got another temp job that was kind of long-term. My next temp job was at this place that was a, um, a trading, was it securities trading or something? It was, it was like, you know, something stock. just right down the barrel of what you're in. Oh yes. Oh, so, so in tune with my dreams and goals. Um, but they had to function on New York market time, oh, like the right. stock exchange. Mm -hmm. So everyone there worked from like seven 30 to three 30. Um, and they couldn't leave for lunch. So I think it's like two days a week, we had a catered lunch, but three days a week, one of my responsibilities was to pick a restaurant and get everyone's lunch order. This is an office of about 40 people. Mm. Good Lord. Yeah. And pre-internet, pre pre-app. Pre-internet. I had to fax it. I had oh, to fax gosh. the order. Oh, that would, be, um, that would give me like stomach royals. I'd be like, I, oh, oh, the fax. I don't know how to fax. Oh, no, it, it was awful. I, it was royals. terrible. And yes. yeah, royal, royal, royal. See? She gets it. <laughs> oh, God, I was thinking like a stomach royale. Oh, <laughs> I, listen. Now that's with whipped cream. She lived um, in Chicago. She gets it. Yeah, Her, I get the royals. Right. Yeah. So I, at some point in that job, I was there like at least a month or so. Um, I was like ordering lunch one day. Everyone there was very nice, but I was just like, I've had it. I've had it. And, and I truly, this was my inner monologue was like, I did not earn a bachelor's of arts in drama. And I am not training and all of this so that I can take people's lunch orders. Oh, uh, this, I can't do this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you a question and not, yeah. not to take you too far off topic, but I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just relating to what you're saying. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. I haven't done the temp jobs <laughs> like, with, with that BA in theater behind me and, and just thinking, especially as I get into these longer, temp, you know, the, the two week gigs were great. Yeah. You get into those ones that are like temp to hire or indefinite placement. And you just start wondering, like, as you, as you feel your whole life, uh, and the intention of your whole life slipping away in, in exchange for the comfort of the paycheck and, and, and the regularity. And you're like, is this, is this what we're doing? Yeah. This, this could work. I could do this. Yeah. But I'm miserable. Right. Yeah. Well, also, let's back up for one second in case Molly isn't aware of Jason's temp to hire a position at the forensics accounting firm where he was yes. named the um, uh, office. Uh, I, I started out as a temp. But very, very, very quickly made six figures. Yes. Oh. Like within wow. months. So listen, I'm with Molly where my temp job, <laughs> the first one, much like this, I had to answer phones at an agency that was not a talent agency, but it was like, I don't know what it was to be fair. They were like, don't ask for help. Just answer the phone that's light, lighting up and then press this button and then press this button. I was like, is there a cheat sheet for the buttons I press? And they're like, no. Just, just press buttons. It'll just, be fine. Yeah. You'll figure it out. No training. They think that you're an experienced person on the 18 phone line system. That's like something you need to be trained on. Yeah. That's and a nightmare. Just, it's a nightmare. And they throw you in. And after two weeks of just getting screamed at constantly, I was like, I'm out. Yeah. I have a college degree. Don't treat me this way. I felt like that college degree <laughs> really, like I was right. owed something. <laughs> right. 
Right. Well, well into nope. my mid twenties, I was convinced that that college degree was yep. going to, was going to do something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I, you know, I did an answering phone, uh, job at, as a temp and they had told me it was just a week. Like their, uh, receptionist was on vacation or something. Right. I, after the first day I called in sick, I called yep. my temp agency and I actually, I think ended up for going work the rest of the week because I told them I was sick. Yeah. Rather than being like, I hate this job, please don't make me go back. But it was like eight straight hours of just like ringing yes. and buttons and yes. it was insane. Yeah. But did the Columbia College job start as, as the temp job? Not exactly. So I, I did temp there and then I ended up at this trading job with the faxing the lunch orders. And, right. and I was just like, that is it. And instead of my thought being, I'm quitting this and I'm acting full time or whatever, I didn't have an agent or anything at this point. Like auditions were hypothetical anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wasn't really, I was taking improv classes. And to me, that was all that I needed to be doing at that point in my, you know, I was like, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to take improv classes. And, that's, and the rest will come. You yeah. were smart to go to Chicago first then. I did not because I'm from Detroit and we're like, no, mm. New York or LA. Um, yeah. and, uh, came to LA and it was like, oh, you better go. Cause you're aging. And I was like, yeah. I'm 22. And they're like, God. you're too old already. Go. And I was like, ah, you're 22 and you don't have a Disney show on your credits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like insane. Maybe it I should have gone to Chicago first. Keep going. This okay. So, <laughs> um, you know, you did everything right. Your path is, has been, it's perfect for you. It's your and path is perfect is. for you. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so you're like just anointed. <laughs> Your head is perfect. <laughs> so I fed up with the faxing lunch orders. Um, I was like, I'm going to get a full-time job. I don't want to, I don't want to temp anymore. I loved when I tempt at Columbia, I'm just going to see if I can get a job there. And this is a long time ago. And <laughs> here's what I did to get a job. I wrote a letter to human resources and was like, Hey, I tempt there a month ago. Got anything? And honest to God, someone called me <laughs> and Amazing. was like i love like, this it, it was such a Did they like, call you on a landline they oh for sure they called me on a landline <laughs> uh, listen i'm i'm gonna be straight with you this was 1998 this is um, awesome the tracks yeah, yeah yeah uh so they called me and they were like yeah would you like to interview would you like to apply for the job of um you know the assistant in the art and design department and I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, send a resume and a cover letter to this person. And I did. And I interviewed. By mail. By mail. Um, I interviewed for the job and I got the job and I, I took it. And I was there for five years. That's awesome. Um, I was there for, for my, my young adulthood. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I started there uh, as an assistant. There were two of us. Um, and then like within a couple of years, I got promoted. So I was like the assistant to the chair of the department and I had my own office. And what was great about this job is that it didn't pay great, but the benefits were terrific. And everyone, I was surrounded by artistic people. So in my department, it was like visual artists. Um, but they had an appreciation for who I, once they got to know me, I was so shy. Um, so there were a lot of, and there were like 160 faculty members in this department because so many of them are like adjunct, like they everyone right. teach one class or whatever. Of course. 
Um, so I didn't get to know everybody, but once people discovered like that I did improv and I was an actor, it, it, it was like the opposite of a lot of other temp jobs where people would be like, Ugh, and oh, like you're a flaky weirdo. With this, these people, they were like, that's awesome. That makes you more interesting to me, you know, or whatever. And, and I always had a lot of frustration when people didn't know that about me, when they thought I was just, you know, some 23 year old that like, who knows what my aspirations were, but that I was there, you know, whatever. Um, and, and so that was really tough is I always wanted to like make people know that I was smarter than they thought I was. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. This is a common theme. Yeah. I think it's so hard because you don't want to say to people like, well, I, I don't even want this job. Like I'm just doing this as my right. day job. You don't want to do right. that. No. You want but, people to acknowledge that you're like a full human being and that you're not just like a machine that makes copies and things like that. Right. You're also, layered. You're, you're complex and layered. And nuanced. Yes. yes. And I, so my, I had a temp job with Nestle out here when I was young in my mid twenties and um, it turned into a full-time job. They offered me a full-time job, which I ended up getting stuck at for seven years. But in the three year and the three months that I was the temp, they hook you in, they hook you. Yeah. It, it felt that way. And it never came out organically, you know, no, I'm a writer and an actor. Like I do a bunch of stuff, you know, it, 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 you can't just say that it's not organic. And people then would be like, what? Um, yeah. so you'd have to wait and like, you know, drag your temp ass to a happy hour with all the MBAs <laughs> just so you could prove to them like in casual conversation. Well, actually I yeah. do this. And it's like coming out to your parents. It's like coming out yes. to your parents. And once they knew, they were super supportive of that thing. Just like coming out to your parents. That's there, there was a level of more respect that came with the fact that I wanted to be more than just the person that makes their copies and makes phone calls they don't want to make and, yeah. you know, sort of the BS of their day. So they, they, it's like being Pam and Jim on The Office. It's like, oh, they treat you with a little, a little bit more respect, like Jim does Pam. Right. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> Do you not watch The Office every night on repeat for the past 10 years with me? Yeah, it's we're, we're, on our, we're on our eighth, eighth or ninth time through the show now. Oh, yeah. I have to. I get it. I mean, I'll the watch fact it that Pam on. sat there for so long, so long. in that job, it, it's interesting, the receptionist, because at some point they had to build that she was layered and complex. And right. Like, oh, she's an artist. Oh, she did yes. go to college. Oh, she did play volleyball in college. Like, right. that was true until like, oh, season three, they're like, no, she has aspirations. And it's not just Jim. We, we were saving all of that really exciting yeah. stuff. Right, because she couldn't drag anyone to a happy hour. They just realized, they're like, oh, we're going to be on the air for a while. Yeah. We, we, we should have lives, I guess. Yeah. I guess. <coughs> um, take your time, cough. We know it's not um, so good. <coughs> like it. Um, <coughs> but yeah, um, I, I totally understand that. And it's nice, though, that you found a place that was supportive and understood your goals and your aspirations and why you were there. Which brings me to the next point. Why did you leave? Yes. Mm. I stayed as long as I could. Um, because what was so great about this job is that in a 40-hour work week, there was probably eight hours of work that I really had to do. It was yeah. so It was so easy. Yeah. It was That's so my easy. job now. I've been there. Oh, it's yeah. the greatest. Um, I could wear whatever I wanted. Um, mm. I, like 
there was no one, <clears throat> I, I am a very on time person, but if I had been late, no one would have known or cared. Um, it was just, and I kind of got to at a point, I had been there longer than so many people. I'd been there longer than my boss at one point. Like he got hired the new chair of the department while I was there. So I was like showing him the ropes and stuff. So one day I was like, Hey, instead of nine to five, can I work eight 30 to four 30? And they're like, okay. Just cause I was like, I'd rather get home earlier and beat the, you know, like beat yeah. the rush, you know, yeah. eat before uh, comedy class. Eat exactly. Before, Have yeah. a little extra performing. Time. Yeah. So I, in 2002, um, I got hired by the second city touring company. Awesome. Yay! Yes. Thanks. Thanks. Um, and, uh, when you, when, in most cases, when you're first hired, you're an understudy first. So you're not necessarily like traveling or anything like that. Um, or able to quit your day job. Right. Exactly. Uh, so when I got hired as an understudy, like my boss at that time was awesome and he knew that that's what I wanted to do and everything. So I told him it happened. I like met with him the next day and he's like, okay, so what does this mean right now? He's like, well, right now it doesn't mean much. Um, but I just wanted to let you know that this is in the works and within some amount of time, the next step may be that I get into a touring company. He's like, okay, well, let's work with you when, when that happens. So I actually, some people are understudies for like a year or something. I actually got moved into a touring company um, within a couple of months, I think. And nice. yeah, it was, oh, it was great. And it was, touring is very um, erratic schedule wise. Like you can have months, especially in the summer where you might have two gigs. And then around the holidays, you might have a two week run of a show or something like that. So it was just very strange. So I knew I didn't want to quit uh, until I had to. And I had been there I, like five years doesn't even seem that long, but at the time it, it, there had been such turnover and everything that they didn't want me to go. So I basically worked it out so that, um, twice a week, I think it was like Tuesdays and Fridays we rehearsed and that I would leave work at one, uh, to go rehearse. And then there were a few like days here and there. And basically I, they just let me use my sick and vacation time That's and just total up the hours for that. And then sometimes I would, they would just, it, I could just leave. Like it wasn't even, cause here's the thing. I was the one in charge of like the HR of our department. So I was in charge of keeping track of everyone's sick days and vacation days. So you and had I, to report your absences I, to yourself. I, I did exactly. And I was, I was pretty like, I, I think I was very honest about it. And then um, it wasn't until the, I had my first big tour was a two week um, stint in Little Rock, Arkansas at a theater there. And so when that was coming, I was like, okay, that'll be it. Um, Cause that's two weeks. I can't, you know, that's it. Um, and it was fantastic. Like they threw me a party when I left. Uh. It was great. And, and it was so wonderful because it was so in, like intellectually, non-exhausting <laughs> that, awesome. that I would do, you know, I was doing show improv shows or rehearsals like every night or whatever. And it was fine. Like it was not taxing at all. Sometimes during lunch, I would go to the library and take a nap. Uh, you know, like it was, it was just perfect. Our naps. I'm going to write them a letter and see if there's an adjunct creative <laughs> writing 101 coming up. Yeah. And if that I mean, library is still there. I'm yeah. feeling, feeling a little like I need that job. Yeah, it was, it was truly great. Now, I, granted, I, I appreciate it much more now 
in sure. hindsight than I did at the time. But I, I knew I wanted to hang on to that as long as I could. Um, and, and it was great. And certainly the job I had next, touring with Second City, was great. Uh, but it was the, just the stability of that job and the creative space it left available to me um, was, I, I keep trying to, I keep going, I'm like chasing that job. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I, get it. I, I left my, my, my corporate job, uh, the, the forensic account. Oh, yeah. I left that one uh, for, for the Second City, uh, the cruise ship tour. Yeah. Um, which was when I went to Chicago and went to Pizzeria Uno for the first time. It uh, all comes together. <laughs> but I, want, I wanted to say that that eight hour a week job. Yeah. 40 hour, you were, it's a 40 hour a week job, but you're doing it in eight hours. And, and I relate to that. And I think I have a, I have a hypothesis on that that I've kind of uh, grown from doing this show, which is that those of us who are intelligent creatives, who are work hard as hell, um, but we're you know we're, we're smart people and we're willing to take. I, I, I don't want to be like obnoxious and say take, we take jobs that are beneath us, um, but I do want to say that we take. We are an incredible value to our employers. They're getting us a great value because we're willing to do it. We could probably get a better job if we wanted that to be our career. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I got into a position in this job where I was hiring people. Mm -hmm. I had to, when I became the assistant at the chair, I was hiring the two admins. And anytime anyone, like I, I could spot a resume where I'm like, oh, this person is like pursuing something else, <laughs> like artistically or whatever. I'm like, they'd be great at this job. Because I think also, um, we're, we're are, are, like, there's nothing answering phones at a high capacity and volume is daunting, sure. but yeah. you Don't know, crush anybody. but right. But like talking to people like, isn't difficult, like having, you know, communicating. I think that's a big thing yeah. is that a lot of these jobs are about communicating right. and actors and writers are, should be <laughs> great communicators. And, and yeah. that's something I think we take for granted. Well, that's how my temp job at Nestle turned into a full-time job. I moved from being a temp to the um, marketing managers, uh, sort of their assistant, whatever, into a project manager position that led to a director position um, with a company, I was on site at Nestle, that functioned for Nestle. So that's the thing, is exactly what you're saying is, and what you're saying is, we are so good at communicating and talking ourselves into bigger jobs. That right. <laughs> and, we and, our, and we're are, willing. We're definitely the assholes in the scenario. Um, yeah. And, you, then, and then we bail. And then we bail. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So I did not tour with Second City, so I'm super jealous, but I did tour with a company also. It was called the International Auto Shows. And it was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've known people who've worked for the auto show. Life sucking and life draining. Oh. But um, I totally understand the the sporadicness of the touring uh, companies and shows because it it was the same. I mean, it was great pay when you were on a show, but there was nothing in between, so you had to get a job yeah. in between shows. And um, I had just I had gotten the job in Detroit, obviously, because that's you know a big hub of where they hire yeah. actors. And then um, after my first show, moved. To LA, which was fine. They were fine with that. They don't care where they fly sure. you out of. But um, 
and rehearsals were done. So that was fine. But uh, the thing is I had to get another job because I had to pay rent. So it came down to after a year of touring with the auto shows and it's really good money. If you can get an auto show gig, you yeah. guys, it, the money is awesome. But I, I had to quit because I would have liked to not have quit, but I had to get a job in between. And that job was like, we can't keep giving you two yeah. weeks off to go on tour with the auto show. And I was like, yeah. shoot. Cause that was, I, that was good money. Oh, it's tough. It is. It's really hard to find. And, and I, you know, I, I know lots of people who've had those kind of like unicorn jobs where, you know, they're, they're flexible in that way. And, and yeah. I actually think more so now that is more commonplace. You know, there was no way back in 1999 or whatever that we could like telecommute or anything oh. like that. Right. So what's such a, right. I wanna, exactly. I don't want to gloat, but I've got a unicorn job right now. I you, do have yeah. a unicorn job right now. Yeah. yeah he's, I've, got, I've got a COVID proof remote. telecommuting. Oh my God eight hours a week crammed, you know, a th 36 hour a work week done in three or four hours. That's amazing. It's amazing. You know, when I worked at Columbia, um, one of the times when I had to hire an assistant, now this assistant job, and, and again, this is the early, early aughts, um, but it, I think it paid like 22,000 a year. Um, and people would send in res we'd place an ad in the newspaper Jeez. and people would mail us a resume that's amazing um, <laughs> wait kids if there are kids <laughs> listening and by children i'm saying under 30 <laughs> you used to look at the want ads in the paper mm -hmm. and you used to send your cv and your cover yeah. letter in a manila envelope addressed and, right. to hr Maybe when you graduated from college, one of your parents' friends gave you some crane stationery to send your... <laughs> Make sure there's a watermark. And the watermark. The right way when you mm -hmm. print out your stuff. It kind of looks like parchment. Like, <laughs> so, but, but um, you know, the, the things would come through and you put like the dates um, of like jobs that you've held. And I would, you know, I'd go through them and, and whatever. And I remember my boss, there was one that I was like, this woman seems incredible. And he's like, oh yeah, definitely bring her in. I was like, but she's highly overqualified. And also, and I didn't say this out loud, but looking at the dates, I was like, and she's in her fifties. Like why in the world does she want um, a, a $22,000 a year job when she also like has all this stuff on her resume? So it turned out my boss was friends with her husband who was a visual artist who did very well um, financially, but they had no benefits. So yeah. she was getting this job uh, to provide healthcare and stuff for their family, which like at the time still, I was like, whatever. But now I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Of co this makes perfect sense. Perfect I, sense. I couldn't understand right. more. <laughs> right, right. That's, I mean, we've done that, you yeah. know, for our family. We, we do that now. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Your remote job. Cause My unicorn job. We had mine and mine was life sucking. And it was like, no, you have to leave your job. And so you took the um, benefits job, mm -hmm. which is a unicorn job. So it was, it was a oh. good trade off. Um, for sure. We feel very lucky. Yeah. That is, and we've talked about this on the show before. Benefits will keep you at a job as an artist that you may have to give up, you know, auditions or, or jobs, writing. You may have to give things up because of, you know, medical needs and, um, you know, to pay the rent. So you have a place yeah. to live. So you're not living in your van out 
Yeah, your, your career else. as an actor is not going to take off if you're, you know, sick. Yeah, even if you're well, but, you know, I don't know. For me, you know, I always needed benefits. I always yeah. needed health care because I had a sick brother growing up. So I, mm -hmm. like, it was like a big deal in my family. Like, oh, no, you could get duplicata. So, yeah, <laughs> I always had a benefits job. <laughs> Jason, yeah. I remember we had to go to wedding, pre-wedding counseling because, uh, Jason had a different view on that. And I was like, no. And he was like, we'll be fine. And so I was like, we're going to counseling. <laughs> the therapist was like, yeah, she has a point. You probably should have a benefits job between. I mean, I just, I just like to point out the irony that that therapist doesn't take our insurance. Well, yeah. <laughs> she has a pain. Okay, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty um, good. She's, she's very good, though. She's very, very good. Shut yeah. your face. Shut your face all. We have benefits. Um, that's true, though. Most, but most psychologists don't take benefits. Uh, don't take. You have to pay out of pocket. Listen, you were right. I, I like. I nearly went blind last year in one eye. So I'm very glad we have oh, benefits. God. Yeah, we had to get this guy some eyeball surgeries. What is that? Oh, right. Wow. All of a sudden, you look in the mirror and you're like, I look still like I could pass for 25-ish, maybe. I mean, in good lighting with a ring light and zoom. But, um, you know, why is my eyeball going blind? That's how I felt about you. Oh, mm. wow. It's, yeah, it's still, fine. I, I still feel invincible. <laughs> okay, I just good. got off track again. But yeah, you, 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 have to, you have to have benefits. It's you benefits. It's crazy. And, and in my 20s, I was not really thinking that way. Um, and, and so when I got the job at Columbia, I was like, oh, what? Cause, and this is, what's funny is the salaries are so incredibly low, but they send you a letter when you're hired. That's like, congratulations on getting this position. Um, your salary plus benefits equals this annual payment amount. So they like mm -hmm. add right. in the cost of your, so in my mind, they're like, you're making $47,000. I was like, eh, am I? <laughs> right. It's true. Um, it, that's true. And then you're like, is this going to put me in the wrong tax bracket then? Because I'm actually only taking home. Right. <laughs> right. I, I don't think, like, I, I don't think they officially reported it as that another number. I think it was just to make, uh, make the employees feel like they weren't basically well, making like $9 an hour. That that is, that's such actually, an art college thing to do. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Sweet. It makes, it's actually like, that's a good thing. You're making, I'm throwing yeah. up air quotes here, making $47,000, but only paying taxes on 22. Yes. Yeah. Very good point. Yes. So very true. You went on tour. Plus free bagels or whatever they've got. Right. <laughs> Whenever there's a meeting, I, mm -hmm. I ordered the food for meetings. So I got to take some they of that stuff. Throw a doggy bag, an extra. Absolutely. I had some, I had some uh, gladware in my desk drawer <laughs> for just such a purpose. I'm, I'm charge your phone for free at your desk. No phones. No phones. <laughs> I'm always shocked when I hear that people work at places that don't serve food. Like they don't have a cafeteria or right. something because Nestle like had a cafeteria. Oh, yeah. They had a store. Like they had like, the cookies. They had cookies. Oh, sure. They had creamers. the Toll House cookies. Yeah. It was pretty, it was, it was pretty nice. Um, okay. So you were touring with second city. So you gave up that job. Yeah. Did you just tour with Second City for a minute and then have to find another job? Or did you come out to LA and you were touring? Like So I, I toured for about two and a half years. Um, and it, it, so began 
a very fortunate theme of my life, which is that just at the moment where I'm like, uh-oh, financially, something comes through. Awesome. Um, so with, with Second City, <clears throat> uh, you know, it would, there would be some dry spells and then it would pick up and, you know, whatever. Um, Second City is always good for that, I feel like. Yeah, and they do like their corporate theater, which pays a ton more. And so, because when, when I was touring, I don't know what it is now. When I was touring, you made $75 a show. And that was for something that you may have flown out the day before. Mm-hmm. And you had got a per, like $30 per diem or something. But you fly out, you know, to Rochester, New York. And then you do the show. And then you fly home the next day. And for, for like 48 hours, you're getting 75 bucks. So mm-hmm. sometimes you would teach workshops. Um, and then you would get these corporate gigs, um, through Bizco, the business side, and those would pay like $300 for the same type of work. So it's like, oh, I'll, I'll take some of those. Um, so I toured for two and a half years and I really, um, it, so there's the touring companies and then there's the two resident stages at Second City. There's the ETC theater, which does shows four nights a week. And then the main stage, which is six nights a week. It's an equity theater, all that. So that was my, my eyes were on that. Um, and, you know, was like, I, it's got to be coming soon. Cause typically they hired out the touring company, not always, but there was just sort of this sense of like, it's, it's time. Getting like called up from the farm. Table. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but a, a slot opened up, I didn't get it. And um, that's about when the cruise ship started. So uh, I actually quit touring and I went to Bar Harbor, Maine to um, work, quote, work at a um, friend's improv theater uh, in, at, uh, called Improv Acadia that's in Acadia National Park in, um, I was going to say Minnesota, but it's Maine. Hmm. Uh, so I did that for like eight weeks. And while I was there, I got a call from Second City that was like, hey, uh, we just got this contract with Norwegian Cruise Lines and um, our first cast is going to go out in January and we'd like you to be a part of it. So this was the very first one. And talking about the theme of, of like, you know, when about to hit rock bottom and then something comes up, I had a Starbucks application filled out uh, because- in, uh, in Maine? In Maine for once I got back. I was like, because oh. I had talked to- um, I was married previously to someone else who I was with at this time. So we were in Bar Harbor together um, in, in Maine. Um, and we were both like, what are we going to do? And we like tried to get our own insurance. And this is pre-Affordable Care Act. So that was impossible because I had allergies. Um, and so I filled out a Starbucks application and was like, okay, when we get home, I'm sending this in. And then I get this call um, from Second City. So I did straight after being in Maine, um, within a few weeks, I did the cruise ship and I auditioned for Sonic, uh, which right. Sonic commercials became uh, like a five-year That's job amazing. as well. Those happened at the same time. Um, I th- yeah, I filmed my first Sonic commercial right before I left for the cruise. Awesome. Um, I mean, oh God. Was such a so can we get you back on the sonic campaign i mean i like the two Please? you're on it now but i miss seeing your face on sonic commercial oh my god i gotta I tell you back in sonic i i would do i would do anything oh, i loved write it. a letter it was 
Break out the crane stationery. There was, yes, I still have some, I think, in a crew. We opened the box and it just like blows away in the wind. No, right. it's fine. It's just a little musty. Like Keep going. Thanos <laughs> at the end of the Avengers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, so, it, and then, and then, and thus began like a three year dream period uh, for work where I. Living on the high seas. Well, and... <laughs> I went on the cruise ship while I was on the cruise ship in like the last month or so, I got hired for the main stage at Second City. Ah. So. Meanwhile, I have been on the cruise ship and leaving like once every three to four weeks to go film a Sonic commercial and then like fly back. You, they told us, they always told us there's, you know, we've had people like check out, go do a job and come back. I'm like, yeah, it was you. It was crazy. Yeah. Were you on the Dawn? I did do the Dirty Dawn. Is the Dirty Dawn the one I visited you on? It is. You visited me on the Dawn. I did Um, them all on the Dawn. I, I, I was, I did, I went to visit him for 10 days and I was like, it's a lot. I, I can't. I wanted to go like halfway yeah. through. I like threw a temper tantrum. I was like, "Get I me get off it. the ship!" Oh my yeah. god. Anyway. It's um. I don't know that I would do it again, but it no. was great at the time. Contract's um, over. They don't do. Yeah. It. Right. Never. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Last year it ended. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. I you know I think it got a little too big. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but I also feel like it was a really nice thing for people who needed money, oh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. to be it's able to so, be like, so can you get me on one of the boats? <laughs> go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm just saying so, so many actors getting, getting the opportunity and they brought actors from, you know, from, from all over the different, yeah. different schools and, uh, and stages. And, you know, it was incredible. I mean, for LA, that's, that's all we had when you yeah. graduated second city, there was no main stage. All you had, had to look forward to was, maybe getting these cruise ships so yeah I it was great I was it came right when I needed it and then I got hired to main stage so for for two and a half years I had my two dream jobs I was on the main stage of Second City which was why I moved to Chicago and I was shooting Sonic commercials and it was amazing it was a dream it was a dream and it's it's I I um and and my current husband uh was at (laughs) Second City at the same time, we, we started dating when we were both on the main stage together. And similar to me. I was, assume you got divorced somewhere in there as well. I did. I did. Oh, I'm a little greedy. <laughs> um, yes, I, I, we, we separated uh, shortly before that, but um, not that shortly before that. Anyway, but we talk about it a lot that it's like, we both feel like we had our dream job in our early 30s. And mm-hmm. it's kind of tough to, to, and it's not that there aren't other dream jobs out there, but it was like the reason that I went to Chicago. It's like, well, I had it. And, and, and that's why I moved out here afterwards is I was kind of like, well, I've done everything that I set out to do in Chicago. So I'm going to go to LA. Um, and fortunately I still had, I still was under the Sonic contract for a couple more years once I moved out here. Um, and so that kept me afloat for a while, but, but then that went away and then it sort of became, I hadn't really had to scramble at all for like five or six years. So then it became kind of a new thing of like, okay, how are we going to do this now? And it's been a lot of teaching and weird gigs and things like that. Uh, ad copywriting, all, you know, just oh like, my God, let's whatever. talk about that. Cause ad copywriting Ugh. is a nightmare. It's a yeah. nightmare. And it is, um, I've all, you know, it's always been freelance and, <clears throat> it's always one of those things where I definitely feel like the, 
when you go freelance into a company where there are employees, they're mm -hmm. like, who the hell is this? Like, why'd you bring her in? We do this. This is our job. But it's like, sometimes they want to bring in like comedy people or improvisers or whatever. And so I just feel like I spend the entire time trying to prove that I'm not just like a lump of carbon and that I have the ability to like come up with things and, and whatever. Right. Um, it's, it, I, I'm so, I hate, I hate starting new jobs and I have picked a terrible career for that because yeah. all, all this career is, is constant first days of work, you know, and it is. <laughs> At its best. And it's, right. If you're lucky, you're yeah, constantly having a first day of work. It's true. But here's the one thing that I will say now that I've been here for 20 years. Listen, I'm full of shit. But the thing is, <laughs> I didn't have like a commercial audition for years after I got pregnant. I mean, I did. I went on this one. They called me in like, was it six? He was six weeks old. Yeah. And oh. they wanted me to put a bikini on with my baby. And I was like, no. Huh? I was like, no, I didn't know that was going to be the thing. They said, come in sportswear. So I did. And then they, I got the call back and they were like, come in a bathing suit. And I was like, no, I showed up not going to get in a bathing suit. I had six weeks postpartum and I had been on three months bed rest because my child tried to come three months early. So oh I was God. a balloon. Like I was in labor for three months before oh. I gave birth to him. So I was like huge because the swelling took a really long time to go down because I had to drink four liters of water a day to take this um, large I, muscle relaxer to stop the uterus uh, from contracting. I had the run of the house the whole time. <laughs> it was a mess. They, they wanted to keep me in the hospital for three months and we were like, no, like oh that's just not like psycho psychologically going to happen. So anyways, I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be in there. And you know, the women that showed up, not a single one of them was a real mom. <laughs> of course, Maybe. of course. And I was like, and they were all like six feet tall and I'm five, five. I was like, oh, it's one of those things where if you're not an actor and you don't know this, sometimes they bring in that alt, you know, the, the what if, the alternate. And I've, I've, I've always been the alt. Like I go in and it's all Asian women, I'm the alt. Or it's all black men, I'm the alt. Mm -hmm. I've never gone up against a bunch of room of blondes. Jason is always like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I look funny. I look that? Like I have a crooked jaw. I don't know what it is. I'm always the alt and it's fine, but I refuse to put the bikini on. So the point is I didn't get an audition for two, three years. Oh, so I got an audition. It was a couple months, like two months ago, three months before COVID. So it was like a year ago. Um, but actually like five months ago. And I, I walked in, I was just like, Oh my God, I have an audition. I don't even remember how to do this, but it's fine. And I get in the waiting room and I'm like signing in. I remember how to do that. And all of a sudden I hear three people say my name and I turn around and it's all my friends. Aww. Because we're all still doing this. We're all like 40 and still fucking doing it. So while it is like a new job each time, you still see familiar faces. We're the ones that stuck it out, Molly. That is true. That so is many true. have dropped off. Mm -hmm. Our numbers are dwindling. And, and who here. knows? Who knows? If we stick it out past this, it may just be us. It may just be us. What's, who's my You guys can be each other's alt. But who's my That's right. Margot um, Martindale? Margot Martindale. Oh, I love her. Darn. We're going to be Margot. I'm in. I'm in. That's what I'm saying. We're holding out. We're holding yeah. out for the Margot spots you in the next 20 years. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm there for it. But I'm into it. So you guys came out to LA. 
did you have to give up the second city main stage? Do they rotate? I don't know how it works if they rotate. Yeah. Because Groundlings doesn't. You can stay forever at Groundlings. Right. So the main stage cast is, is six, sometimes seven people. And it's not like then there's a bank of people who might do other shows. So if, if this is the cast, they're doing this show. And then when a show ends, so no show ever really closes or opens. So it's, it's the show is running. And then when they start, quote unquote, start the process, um, you start pitching new scenes and they just start gradually working the new scenes into the old show. So they'll swap out. It'll be like, hey, instead of bus driver, we're going to do pizza guide tonight. It's like, all right. Um, until gradually you've replaced the show. Um, and then you're in what they call previews, uh, where you've got all new content in, but there's, you're still playing around with it and shifting things or whatever. And then once the show's kind of in place, they set an opening date. Um, but the, any cast turnover would happen before that quote unquote process starts. And there's, I, I would say on average, people do, I'm going to say average, maybe two shows, but two to three shows. Um, few, I don't think a lot of people have done more than three. So I did, I was on my third show and you just sort of get this feeling of like, is this, you, you just kind of had to decide, like, is this the time to go? Do I, like my last show was my favorite one. Um, it was really well reviewed. I, I, I loved it so much. I loved the cast. And, but it's also like, even though, I knew I did well in the show and it went well. I couldn't guarantee that I would get asked back. Um, oh, you just don't know. And I even had a meeting with the producer and it was sort of like, well, he was like, well, what are you thinking next? And I was like, I don't know. I can't decide. Like, I, I don't want to not get asked back. And he was like, yeah, that would be rough. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so it just, it, it felt like everything was sort of directing me. I think I had always said like, I want to do three shows. So it just mm -hmm. felt like the timing was right to go. Um, but, but you sort of have to make that decision. And, and some people do get fired or asked to leave or whatever. I, I, think, I think this has gotten better. But at the time, like with women, it was like, well, we have a blonde and a brunette uh, and we need a redhead. You know, like it was very about like filling the slot. And so if they had found someone who looked like me, and by look like me, I meant like, I mean, like if you described them as like short, light brown hair, you know, then they could replace me. Um, so it, it's kind of tough in terms of job security, but I, yeah. I think I was ready to go anyway. I, I think I felt the, the drive. Yeah. And you've done so much here. Oh my gosh. Oh, thanks. You've it does not always feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I appreciate that a hundred percent, but you have, you, you've done a lot. You've been, you've found a lot of success and you've stuck with it, you know, I mean, which is amazing. And um, the movie All-Stars, um, that was fun. Um, you're an All-Stars. That was so fun. Yeah. Thanks. I'm a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I shot that movie. I was a stalker of Molly Erdman over here. When I was eight months pregnant. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of when you were pregnant, yeah. your essay about being pregnant in your hair, like- the Hair fell out, yeah. Yeah, that, I read that when I was in the middle of postpartum and like it helped me oh, so much. Listen, oh, good. This is, this is probably, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, this girl really is a super fan. Um, I'm into it. But, but the thing You've is- You've touched lives. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, uh, I think you've had a successful career and you're just at the beginning of it. 
you know, like you you think that you have the dream job, but you know, there's nowhere to go, but up. So that's yeah. amazing. Like that's yeah. amazing. And, and you continue to do uh, Elizabeth Warren to everyone's delight, including Elizabeth Warren, Oh, which is, so. you know, I mean, it's so fun. Um, She's you, not done. So you're not done. Are that's you bringing right. the break room back? Because I don't think so. Um, we, it, it, there, there were a lot of factors um, in, in ending that. And I think, <laughs> I think, I, you know, I think we really were intense with that two solid years. Um, we put out a new video every Wednesday for two years and we just got burnt out. Um, and, and we had like started, that was a nice, that became, um, you know, we, we ended up with a deal with Viacom and we were doing branded content for them and, and that was fantastic. And we were doing that up until I think like last May or June. Um, and then that, that ended. Um, but there were just a lot of factors involved and, and it was just sort of one of those things. And, and I think this is something that I have, I feel very fortunate that I've gained a sense of, of just kind of the rhythm of things. And when it's time to be done with something yeah. or be like, this has served me for the time I needed it to. And now I want to move on to something else. And, and there are times where I miss it so dearly. And I, I'm like, Oh, I have an idea. It would be perfect for this. Um, but I, I think there's a point where it was just, it was just like, okay. We're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Next, you're going to do the teenagers. Um, I mean, I got to oh, think fast on my feet. And what the title of that was because break room is really freaking smart. Um, and I watch Working Moms and I see, listen, I see so much influence from the break room in that sort of style of writing and stuff. And I'm like, she watched. She oh. watched. The break room, um, for sure. Um, I love working moms too. Um, but, um, so this is a question I like to ask everybody. Okay. And I think I know your answer already. It's all worth it, right? Cause you're getting to do your art and you take these side gigs and you know that they're in between cause they're leading to something better, but I don't want to put words into your mouth. So tell me, is it all worth it? I dare you to say it wasn't worth it. <laughs> it sucks. Um, <laughs> it is. It it is all worth it, and I I do have to remind myself of that all, all the time, and yeah. an increasing amount. Um, and there are times, and <clears throat> I don't know if you've had this experience. Um, I I noticed that when my daughter started school, I I was surrounded by more regular people, and I don't mean that in a in a bad way. I mean, like the people who had like normal careers, what I consider like normal careers, like you're a a doctor, you're a, you know, you work for PR, you, you know, whatever. Um, and I, that's when I, I started to feel like, what am I doing? I'm not a real adult. I'm not a real adult. This is, what is this life? What is this career I have? And what, what really, um, shook me out of that was actually the same thing that got me into it was my kids, friends, parents, like thinking it's cool <laughs> that we do what we do, which is hilarious to me because I'm like, it's not that cool. <laughs> but they, they, I had a, a dad of one of Valerie's friends was like, it's just so cool, man. You, you, you guys talking about me and my husband, you guys, you guys just pursued your dream and took a risk. And yeah. I was like, Oh my God, we did. You yeah. did. Yeah. We're great. You're um, living your life the way on your terms. Yes. And it doesn't always feel that way. 
And some, and that can be very scary, but I do think the benefit outweighs the, the, the risk and the fear and the anxiety and all of that. And, and I've had the past three years of really like deciding, like, do I want to ditch this all? You know, I have a, a, like real person's LinkedIn profile and I'm like, do I want to like, and I've applied for some office jobs and I think I'm always terrified by the notion that I might actually get one. You know, like, you know, I can say, I can say, oh, I'm trying, I I might, you know, shift things around or at least take a job temporarily or something. And I think fortunately no one has ever nibbled at my, (laughs) at my crane stationery, if you know what I mean. Um, Because I don't, I, I, I feel like that's a really hard choice to make. And so I, I do feel like it is worth it struggle and it's just a constant roller coaster but the highs are fun <laughs> right it's totally and I, I don't want to open a new can of worms because we've been at this a long time but um i i just it's so interesting that as we come into this career and we do take these jobs and in even the longer term jobs the five-year job and we can love it and never feel like we're losing ourselves to it it's yeah. always in service of this aspiration and goal Yet here, punch me in the mouth for saying on the back end. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'll let it go. I'll let it go. But, but here we are at this stage of our lives, and we look at those same kinds of jobs, and they really just, they feel like a, 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 a trap um, or, you know, a greater pitfall, something that like, mm-hmm. oh, if I take that job now, that's it. It's like, right. if, it's like if, I get, if, I, if I gain 50 pounds right now, I don't think I could lose it. Right, right. I, I, you disagree. What? Um, <laughs> or don't understand what I'm saying. Which I, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. Of like, I, I feel like, you know, all these jobs I had in my 20s, I was like, well, I'll just have this job for a little while and we'll see how it goes and whatever. And, and, and that doesn't feel like something that's possible now. It feels like right. everything is, um, right. you know, it, it seems much harder, but the nature of it is actually like, well, I'm going to do this for a little while and I'm going to do this for a little while. And, yeah. and again, it was actually one of my kids, uh, friends, parents who I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about like trying to get a, just a regular job and, or maybe, you know, whatever. And he was like, well, do you think you'd be happy doing that? And he, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I hadn't, I hadn't considered this uh, happiness idea. I guess right, I'll think about right. it. Yeah. But here's, right. here's, here's a, a, a thing, and, and um, I'll, I'll try to be quick about it, but here's, here's a huge job lesson is that I moved to Chicago, like I said, because I wanted to be on the main stage at Second City. And I got that job when I was 30. I moved to Chicago when I was 21. It took nine years. And in some ways that doesn't seem like a long time. Like when I think back on, I was like, I was only 30 when I got that job. Like I felt like I was 40, you know, it seemed like so long. Um, Cause I watched other people get hired for that job before me. And I kept, yeah. And I, and I kept being like, oh, it's slipping away. And it was truly at a point where I was like, maybe this isn't going to happen that I, that I got hired. And I, when I went in, I was ready for it. I waited a long time, but when I got the job, there was no like first day of work fear. It was like, I have a hundred percent earned this. I feel like this, I am right for this. Um, I, I was grateful that it didn't come earlier because I was like, I had to be ready and now I'm ready. Um, and so I've sort of carried that hopefully in not too delusional a sense, but I've carried that with me 
when, you know, when there are downtimes and it's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but something will happen and I will be ready for it. Um, because I'm like at the buffet of creative stuff and I'm trying to do a little bit of everything to like keep all the plates. Oh, so many metaphors. Um, <laughs> we're, we're... Keep the plates spinning at the buffet of creativity. <laughs> I love it. This is why your people are like, yeah, bring, bring Molly in for some ad writing. <laughs> This That's is it. You're selling it right now. People are going to be like, nobody wants one metaphor. We need eight. That's right. <laughs> well, listen, as somebody getting your MFA in creative writing, they'll tell you, stop with the metaphors. God damn. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of funny. That's just for your book writing. Yeah, just for book writing. That's right. Stop making metaphors. Well, I, I, I will say, just just to you know, flip it on a, on, a, on a bright note, not that you didn't, I think you did, but it also occurs to me that all those people who have the careers and the jobs that we maybe look at longingly, you know, in terms of the stability we perceive them to have, yeah. 30 million of those people just went on an unemployment. Yeah. So, well, I well mean, but even to extend it beyond that, so many of them want a career change now. I yeah. mean, yeah. so many people aspired to be something else and they took the job and never left it. They never took the risk beyond that because the security was too relieving or yeah. too much what they were supposed to do mm -hmm. they fit into that formatted you know sort of trajectory and they stop growing and you stop growing and then right. you get to a point and you stop and you're like oh crap i've been doing this now for 15 years and it's the only thing i can do it's the only thing i can yeah. do so the nice thing is i think with um us because we're awesome no because we're liquid <laughs> we we can mold to anything. That's right. We're like, we're so I, I have, I've been saying so much. I'm like, Joe, my husband, Joe and I are so uniquely prepared for this quarantine and this situation because we are very used to going months between jobs yeah. we, and we plan accordingly and we, you know, we, we save money and we don't, you know, we, we live below our means because you just don't know what's happening. And I would rather you know, live below my means than be like freaking out all the time. And I still freak totally. out sometimes, but I'm like, you know what? I, I can live simple if it means that I don't have to like burst into tears every time, you know, I get like a credit card bill or something like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's a trade-off, but 100%. I feels totally good right agree. now. <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, and as somebody who um, has lived on peanut butter, M&Ms, and raisins before in her life for stretches, stretches. Not by choice. Um, yes, by choice. I mean, I could have gone with like... No, I'm saying like, I, I would eat those things right now. That sounds oh, right, good right. <laughs> yeah, but those are the things I could afford and they would survive in a pantry or in the car or like wherever with me. I, I would say, you know, like, I, can, I know how to do that. So yeah. I could teach my family if I have to. Like, yes. Peanut butter, raisins, and M&Ms for dinner is yes. a party. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good thing to be able to see, you know, yes, I agree. We are uniquely prepared for the situation. And we can keep optimistic because I'm all like, well, I didn't really want to go to the grocery store anyways. Right. Um, uh, but it is, it is a unique time. And I think that everything that you said hits home, especially for me, um, and for, I know the people who listen to this podcast, because there's a lot of young people who are struggling with the idea, do I stay with this? Do I get a job? Do you know what's coming? 
anyways, I really appreciate that. It was very um, honest and lovely. And uh, I want to send everyone to your cameo. So we're going <laughs> to... We're going to post your cameo. Nice. We're going to get you some cameo. Um, not that you need anymore because you're like, bring <laughs> it on. <laughs> waiting list of cameo. It'll be four days. Just kidding, guys. Go get Elizabeth Warren cameos from Molly Erdman. And, and send them to your parents. Mm -hmm. Whether Whichever side of the aisle they're on, they want to hear from Elizabeth Warren. And oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. And I double checked and Catalog Living um, is still available on Amazon. I did want to ask you, do you do better if they buy a Kindle or a paperback? I have no idea. Honestly, I am never going to see any money for this book. No, I got an advance to write it. Awesome. Um, but it was such a, it wasn't like a huge advance, but for what it was, and for me being a first time author, it was actually a pretty big advance. So until the book earns that back, I don't get any money. And we that, are right. years away from that happening. But that's so. the thing that people don't understand. First of all, people think that um, book advances are like six figures. They're not. Uh, no, well, no. Most, the average book advance is like 7000 to $10,000. Yeah. And that's high. So come on. Uh, yeah. Second of all, um, I just want to ask you... Um, did you get a two book deal? No, it was just one. Okay. Well, we're going to work on the second book anyway. <laughs> um, we're going to work on it. We're going to sell it. It's going to be amazing. I mean, and we're going to get all that money back. Um, okay. So, but right now, first go check out Catalog Living, the blog, the Twitter, and the book. It's available on Amazon. It's got great reviews too, FYI, just if you don't take my word for it, because I'm a super fan, um, it's real fucking funny. <laughs> That's really Except that one person did take issue with with uh, with the art. You're not supposed to tell her. You don't read your <laughs> yeah. reviews, do you? <laughs> I, I did at some point, and then I stopped You're reading not supposed them. To do that. And well, I'll tell you. He's not supposed to tell you. I know the um, the images. I had to use stock photos. Yeah, I couldn't that's get what... images from catalogs. And that was the asshole's review. Yeah. Like <laughs> they, they were saying how much they loved the blog, and then yeah. how funny you are. And then they're like, but there were stock photos. What yeah. the fuck, Pottery Barn? And I was like, oh, so you're going to blame Molly for that? But Jason Bieber, you shouldn't have brought it up. Anyways. I'm, um, only, I'm learning the ropes here. I'm not oh, very good at so this. So listen, to spite that reviewer, please go buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah. This is, I'm talking spite store here. I want oh, everyone yeah. to follow Molly on Instagram. Oh my God, it's that's, life. That's where the secret project is. Right. We never know what day to day what the secret project and, is going to be. But her her pandemic living journal is amazing, and we're going to put her Instagram information up as well. It's not private, is it? Um, you know what's funny is I like waver back and forth. Um, I don't know why. Like sometimes I kind of freak out and I'm like, oh, make it private. But when I do make it private, it is truly just to um, weed out like total weirdos. Like this person to my right. Exa exactly. Yeah. Catalog yeah. Living is not private. So. Correct. <laughs> you know, you get the funnies uh, daily there. But um, I just want to say thank you so much for being here, Molly. And, thank you for uh, having me. This was so fun to talk to you. Join us next week for our very special Tony-nominated guest, Charles Brown. Oh, my God. I am so damn excited, Jason Bieber. Charles Brown. Tony nominated. Stop making that face like I blew out your ears. <laughs> it did. It hurts. It's okay. She showed on Monday, made love on Tuesday. On Wednesday, she was down. We fought on Thursday, made up on Friday. But now I'm losing.
You come. 